This is Ian Hartley. I'm Warren Kay. And I am Sasha Steenbergen. Welcome to the Rediscovering God podcast. We invite you to join us as we endeavor to see him more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. everyone to our Rediscovering God podcast. We are beginning again. It seems we've had a bit of a break, but we are picking up again and going right back to the very beginning at the book of Genesis. Ian, what is there that you have in store for us tonight? Um, We're going to take uh, a look at Genesis chapter one. Um, This really sets the stage for the whole Bible. Mm, Okay. Uh, so um, it's, it's an account of where the Israelites came from. You know, it's their family tree. Right. So, um, so you need to know your history in order to decide who you are. Right. Where we came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you, why you deal with life the way you do. And no mm-hmm. doubt there are many ways of understanding that, which then uh, gives you a, a particular lens that you look through for the rest of the story. And so it's always good to go back to the beginning and clarify that initial lens. Yeah. So chapter one, God is transcendent. Mm-hmm. That's a big word. Mm-hmm. Means his... his uh, is at some distance. Uh, he's not intimately involved with what's going on. Um, he just gives a command, and then it's uh, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, uh, somebody who runs a big business. He doesn't actually do any packaging or mailing. I'm thinking now of Amazon. You know. Right. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is not intimately involved uh, with what's mm-hmm. going on. He just mm-hmm. says, this is what we're going to do, and gets done. <laughs> right. Okay. So, but chapter two is very different. In chapter two, God's down on his knees, uh, forming mm-hmm. animals and human beings out of clay. Now he's intimately involved. Mm. He's the imminent God. Anyway, um, you know, Moses grew up in the courts of Pharaoh. And he delivers uh, the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. And this, uh, this uh, determines the way he will see God. So he sees God as the ultimate or the uber Pharaoh. So this is important to remember. The Genesis, we believe, is written by Moses. I think most people agreed on that. And he writes it about 1450 uh, before Jesus. Hmm. It's 1,500 years before Jesus will show up. And 
We're not quite sure because uh, of the timelines. They're not all that accurate. And uh, we'll talk about that more when we get to chapter five. Um, but the two and a half, three and a half, four thousand years after creation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first thing I want to say is the chapter division, the divide between one and two is in the wrong place. So how can you uh, state that with such confidence? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, you'll agree with me when I show you. <laughs> okay. We're okay. easy converts in this group. <laughs> well, well if you if it doesn't convince you, say so. Um, oh, I like you know. that. Uh, so, have a look at the title for the deity in chapter one. What's the actual name given to this uh, divine being? And spell God. it out. G O D. G O D. Any capitals? Capital uh, yeah. G. Yeah. Capital G. Okay. Now. Have a look at chapter 2, verse uh, 4. Uh, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Okay, now spell it out for me. Lord God. All caps, L-O-R-D, capital mm -hmm. G-O-D. Mm -hmm. Okay, now can you see that G-O-D ends at 2, 3? Chapter 2, verse 3, and then yeah. from chapter... From verse 4 of chapter 2, uh, you have this personal name of God represented by caps, L-O-R-D. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah, so that's how I'm sure. I see. So that it needs to go all the way until basically chap uh, verse 4 of chapter 2. And then chapter 2 should start at the middle of verse 4. Yeah, verse, middle of verse 4 or verse 4. Yeah, okay, I see. Mm -hmm. So we have two accounts of creation. Chapter 1 is poetry. Chapter 2 is prose. Mm, okay. So um, we're doing chapter 1, but we're going to get up to 2 verse 3. Mm -hmm, right. Okay. And it's all part of this... Uh, uh, transcendent account of the creation. Hmm. This is probably an old story that was uh, carried down generation after generation orally, and Moses hmm. now writes it down. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he writes down uh, a more personal account of the creation story. So it's really two accounts of the same event, just from a different yeah. perspective. Yeah. Okay. With different titles for the day, the creator deity. Yeah. And do you have any idea why you think that there are the two and why it's first from a big lens perspective, more removed, and then in closer and more personal? Do you know why? Uh, yeah, I uh, I see chapter one as sort of a general understanding of creation, um, which could have been shared with other population groups. Mm. But then when you get to the Lord God, Lord 
being the personal name. This, yeah. this now gets very intimate. This is this is our family. This is aha, uh -huh. aha, uh -huh. right. And I would assume that the Jewish culture would all like understanding the Jewish culture would probably really come to play in this as well, because I'm assuming there's a lot about tradition and this idea of family lineage and the names of in the family and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to it in, in chapter five. It, it's very exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. You'd never think that about uh, lineage. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I have to stay away from starting to talk about it. So, <laughs> okay. Chapter all right. One. So I want you to remember chapter one is a poetic account. Okay. Um, when you write poetry, you're not writing a chronology, an accurate history. Uh, you're writing poetry. It's right. imaginative. It has uh, uh, word pictures. Right, rhythm, metaphor. cadence. Yeah. So it's not a scientific account. Mm -hmm. So when people start picking it apart from a science point of view, mm -hmm. um, it's because they don't understand uh, the the genre of literature that they're reading. Right, okay. let me show you what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. First of all, in Chapter 1, three environments are created. Like uh, in three days, the first day light is created, the second mm -hmm. day the atmosphere is created mm -hmm. by separating and then on day three land is made and vegetation mm -hmm. so you've got the three environments made and now the environments are filled day four the light is filled with the sun moon and stars and then the atmosphere is filled with birds that fly in it and fish in the water mm -hmm. below. Mm -hmm. And then on the sixth vegetation are created, namely man and animals. Mm -hmm. That's mm. very fascinating. You've got like building a, a suitcase and then filling it after the fact. Right. Yeah. And you've got three different compartments in the suitcase. Yeah. Right. Cool. Mm -hmm. hmm. I so, can only imagine how exciting that the process of doing it would have been because he obviously understands all of like, you know, quantum physics and atoms and everything. Like what a concept to put that all together. See, now you've you've moved from poetry to science. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this is what, what happens so easily. Okay, so uh -huh. a scientist a scientist would say, How can you make light on the first day and then only have the, the sun, moon, and stars show up on the fourth day? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. It that's a problem scientifically. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So if you if you make this into a, a science history, you're just creating trouble. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for a fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this is 
poetry and it's got these patterns in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Three environments, three fillings of the environments. Mm -hmm. It makes okay, for so a wonderful story, which is cool and important to share. Yeah. But mm -hmm. then that's just six yeah. days. You got the seventh day. Okay. Here's the seventh day. What's the environment? Uh, a day is created in time. It's, yes. it's no longer material. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's filled with God. Yes. Oh, oh okay. Beautiful. So, so the Sabbath is the framework so, and, 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 and God is, it's like, I heard someone say the Sabbath is like a, a vase and, and, and we, if we're not careful, we can worship the vase and forget what the vase contains. Ah, the container uh -huh. is to contain God. And, and that's really what the Sabbath is, a space for us to be able to spend with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good analogy. Mm -hmm. hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. So throughout this poetic, um, okay, we've done with the structure. We can come back to it. The poetic structure, not the creation structure. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we come, uh, we look at it, and we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, God's not involved. He simply speaks and it happens. So he'll say, let there be light. Uh, let there be firmament. Uh, you know, uh, this happens mm -hmm. uh, one, two, three, four, five, six times. Right. What's interesting now is that all the gods that are worshipped uh, among the nations are created by God in this account. So he makes the sun, he makes the moon, he makes the stars. Uh, these are all worshipped by other people groups. Mm. But it demonstrates that God is actually the creator of everything. Okay, yeah. So so in Moses' day, people would have worshipped the sun and the stars and the moon and, and great sea creatures and 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 he's pointing out that God is even greater than the things that you worship. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. profound. Like if we had to have the thought, like, you know, my dad is so strong that he can, you know, as a kid, right? And then Moses is kind of like, yeah, and my dad is so strong that he made all of that, you know? And even mm. though there was a lot of credence given to those, I'm imagining what people worship, right? Mm -hmm. the deities that they had decided. I like that. I never thought of that before. Even with the transcendence of God, uh, there's uh, evidence that God is enjoying the process because he pronounces it's good. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you see, God enjoys, and and you know, we say we made in God's image, and this is one of the evidences that we are is that God enjoys creation, and we enjoy creating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you begin to see okay, so, a, a different picture of God. He's not just this overarching being that's controlling the universe. That he's 
he's enjoying what he's doing. He has personality. He has character there. So this helps us to decode what it means to be made in God's image. So in verse 27, Sasha, you could read that, please, For sure. um, of Genesis chapter 1. Good. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. So we made in God's image. This does not mean a physical likeness. Uh, first of all, God is spirit uh, the, and is invisible. Uh, the implication being that he is not matter. Uh, he made all matter. And so this um, being made in God's image, if you want to make it physical, you have a real problem with the primates because chimpanzees and bonobos look very much like human beings. But we're not mm. saying they made in God's image. Mm. So mm. I want some. I want some response on this. Um, well, you, I think. Can I go back kidding? to God being um, a spirit? Like I guess in my mind, I always pictured that once we got to heaven, that God would be a physical being with a white beard, and that I would go and talk with him and give him a physical hug. But you're you're sort of saying that God is never going to be a physical form. No, he isn't. He's okay. a spirit. Okay. okay. Um, he's the prime mover. He made all matter. Okay. Um, uh, Genesis, uh, sorry, John chapter one is very clear. Everything that was made was made by God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So Jesus is going to be the only one in heaven then that has physical form that we could go and physically talk to? Yes. Jesus is the visible God. Jesus is the visible God. Okay. Now, what, what I find interesting is that nobody seems to have a problem when we say we'll never see the Holy Spirit, but when we say that uh, you won't see God the Father either, then people get a little bit more agitated. Yeah. It's certainly a new idea that we haven't really talked much about. No. Um, we just kind of expect, as Sasha said, that God is going yeah. to be there as this being that we can relate to, we can physically uh, embrace and uh, and yet, yeah, the Bible is pretty clear that God is a spirit, and as the as the Holy Spirit is, uh, so yeah, Jesus will be the form that we will relate to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. So when we come to chapter two, uh, where God draws Eve out of man, out of Adam, we'll get mm -hmm. back, back to this topic um made in god's image so let me go to the positive made in god's image it means that you have freedom of choice because so just to remind you that you only have freedom of choice if there's no, no punishment or reward involved otherwise it's a forced choice 
And so Can you say that last what, sentence again? Sorry, it cut out on my end here. About God and freedom sorry. of choice. You only have freedom of choice if there's no punishment or reward right. associated with your choice. Okay. Yes. Good. Good. It's okay. not fear of punishment. I'm mm -hmm. quoting. It's not yeah. the fear of punishment or the hope of everlasting reward that moves the disciples of Christ to follow him. That's one point. Another point made in his image is that we are moral, which means that we have a sense of right and wrong mm -hmm. inherent in us. It's part of our hardware. Mm -hmm. Now, what is right and what is wrong depends upon your family of origin, your education, uh, the culture you embedded right. in, and so on. But just mm -hmm. just the idea that there's a right way and a wrong way distinguishes us from the animals. Right. And puts us into God's image. Mm -hmm. so I, and there's another uh, point I can make, is that uh, uh, we, we have a compound God, Father, Son, Spirit. It's a social deity. Hmm. We are social beings. Hmm. That's a neat thought. I know that they are introverts, but we don't have any introverts on this group. <laughs> I was waiting to see uh, if you were going to call out an introvert, but... <laughs> well, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're totally right. I think I, you're right. I, I am an extroverted introvert. Can I just make it a little muddy? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I like it all. You know, a, a further point uh, is, uh, is uh, associated with uh, being social beings is our existence is actually relational. Our primary desire is to be loved, not to be um, right. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm. To be loved, not to be right. So what you're saying is to be made in God's image uh, means that we have freedom to choose, that we have a sense of integrity, we're, we're moral, we're creative, social uh, and, and relational. That's very fascinating to describe that uh, connection in, in being in his image. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's almost imperative that you have more than two um, personalities. You're, you know, this is tricky how to describe the Trinity. Um, mm -hmm. If, if uh, two people uh, are related, like when you first get married, there's just the two of you. It's just uh, really uh, satisfying each other's selfishness. You need a third being mm. uh, to call yeah. you away from your right. endemic selfishness. All right, yeah. Mm. And I, I'm indebted to Ty Gibson for pointing this out. Um, so the reason we can be sure that God is social is because there are three facets 
three personalities, three beings in the deity we worship. Hmm. Right. Well, and also I'm thinking about the whole fact that it uh, male and female, I'm, I'm imagining that the inherent characteristics that uh, may, um, you know, I don't want to uh, blanket statement it, but I'm just thinking of like in the shack, how they're talking about the Holy Spirit in uh, and looking at God and that they're the added feminine into that picture um, really, you know, gives light to the image where it talks about that he's like the hen who gathers her, the, her chicks under her wing and this creating this nurturing environment. Uh, somehow, for whatever reason, I always think of the Holy Spirit as the feminine. And so, you know, the comforter, I guess, I see sort of as my female female friends, uh, they are the comforters in my life. Um, and so I kind of like this um, idea that they're all working together, but they have all the characteristics that make us human. Yeah. So let's talk about sexuality, because this is created in mm -hmm. the creation described in chapter one. Uh, right. It says male and female, he created them in the image of God. So, um, you know, amoebas don't have male and female amoebas. They just divide in half. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to have male and female in order to propagate a species but uh, human beings have it and most of the animals have it and right. so here's um, my take on this difference there, there are differences between male and female uh, sets in any species now Usually when I say this, all the women in the group think I'm saying that men are superior to women. Uh, so I want to make... I know you better than that, Ian. <laughs> Good, thank you. I want to make this caveat. I'm not yeah. trying to establish a hierarchy. Yeah. What I'm saying is that we're different in many ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm puzzled about this. Why make... Uh, these two subspecies are so different. Why are the genders so different? And I have a su suggestion. Oh, okay. Um, creatures and the creator are very different. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of almost beyond our imagination to believe that we creatures could have a relationship with our creator. Sure. This right. transcendent creator. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when we find that we can transcend our gender differences and have a relationship with each other, it gives us the courage to believe that we can also transcend, I'm going to use a big word, the ontological divide between creator and creature. Beautiful. Well said. You especially like ontological. I know. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so help me understand what ontological means. It, it means um, yeah, you, you, you're very different. You're moving from one plateau to another plateau. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so like from physical to um, 
what would be the other well you could say moving from physical to relational or moving from physical to mental or spiritual yeah. or you okay. could say um there's an ontological divide between male and female mm. and when you become friends with the other person um, across the gender you've crossed the ontological divide when the creature becomes friends with the creator you've crossed the ontological divide hmm. um i'm just thinking that of this in uh, the concept of birth just because i am so into that but um just thinking about the idea of when I'm trying to explain uh, to people about moving from the rational brain, you know, before we're in labor to the um, sort of non-thinking brain, the emotional and the hormonal part of the brain when we're in labor and we actually reach that flow state um, where we sort of go inward and endorphins are sort of ruling our world. We talk about it in the terms of like labor land, right? And so a person who is, you know, me talking to you here and now is very different person than when I am in labor land. And I like the idea that it's bridging this gap from from here to there. And those places are very, very different. But when you get there, it's like you're meeting a whole nother part of yourself. And I like this idea of male and female, that it's a different state. It's a different uh, way of relating or a different state of being. Uh, and that's cool. You see, now you've got me on a, a rabbit hole. When, <laughs> Jesus, when Jesus says, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yes. He's in labor land. Yes. Mm. Yes, mm. Ian. That's good. <laughs> He's in labor land. That's right. I, I love yes. that analogy. That's a great <laughs> comparison. <laughs> Oh, I like it. I, I'm hearing you. Yeah. So uh, the next point uh, is that uh, man was given dominion over the fish, the birds, and the land animals. He was mm -hmm. to manage them, uh, mm -hmm. whatever that means. Now, I, I, I'm stuck here. How does Adam manage fish? <laughs> right. You know, he, did he, he, uh, he keeps them in the water he keeps them in <laughs> he doesn't overfish <laughs> well you see that might be what uh, it's actually referring to is that he's going to support the ecology right yeah uh, and yeah. make sure that uh, yeah that's a good Keeping example things sustainable yes, yes. yeah I think that's what it means. Cool. And then uh, it's interesting to me uh, in verse 29, Warren, if you could read verse 29. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Thank you. Now, yours is a little different to some translations. Some translations say, I've given you every seed and the fruit on the trees, mm. implying that uh, human beings uh, were dependent on the trees for food. Mm. Mm. And then he gave spinach. All the kids are going to love me for this. 
spinach and cauliflower and all lettuce and all those things belong to rabbits <laughs> for human consumption. Ah, that's so funny. Uh... Um, and that's in verse 30. Warren, if you can read verse 30. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Thank and you. that is what happened. I like it. I knew that Brussels sprouts were not to be put on the table for people. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love the Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stealing from the poor animals their food. Yeah. That's right. You are not being a good steward. I'm not being a good steward. <laughs> I know that you're going to hide this information from your children. So, so it's important at this stage to notice the order. I know mm -hmm. it's poetic, but just for fun. The mm -hmm. order is vegetation is made yep. on the third day. And then on the sixth day, land animals are made and man. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. vegetation, animals, man. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just alerting that to you because the order will change in the next chapter. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I like this order because that means there's food ready to go. <laughs> okay. Well, then don't ever read chapter two. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we're talking about the seventh day. Um, if you can read, uh, Sasha, if you can read 2 verse 2, please. Okay. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. Yeah, notice that. It's mm -hmm. finished. He has nothing more to do. Uh -huh. you know, like the script for these podcasts are never right. done. <laughs> After I've sent it to you, 10 minutes before the podcast, I'm still making changes. The creation was not like that. Right. He Script knew. Was done on day six and yeah. he rested yeah. on day seven. It, he wasn't. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. He, he was clearly not a tortured artist because he just calmly knew when it was done and could go and rest on the next. So we we need to nail this down. God rests because it's completed mm -hmm. uh, and not because he's tired. Right. <laughs> True. See, I've run into some people who think the day of worship is an hour at church and then a long nap. And that's how yeah. you meant to worship God. That's not what worship is about, according to this uh, creation account. Now, right. verse 3, Sasha, if you can read 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Okay, so there are two verbs here, blessed and made holy. Mm -hmm. Blessed means to say good words, literally. Mm. You bless somebody when you say good words to them. Amen. And so you make something holy when you associate it with God, like the Holy Bible, the Holy Matrimony, the church is a holy sanctuary, 
there's no holiness apart from God. So when the day is declared holy, it means it is filled with God. Mm. God is in this day. Uh -huh. Now, I want you to notice that it says nothing about man and the Sabbath day. True. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't say Adam had to show up for worship, to talk to God, nothing. Okay. In fact, there are no commands about the Sabbath day until you get to the Exodus, which to me is astonishing. It's like 3,000 years. True. Nothing said. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the famous... Uh, Jewish uh, theologian Abraham Heschel. He said, human beings never keep the seventh day holy. The seventh day keeps human beings holy. Mm. <laughs> well said. I like that. Okay, so the final point we're making about chapter one is that this account of creation is the only non-violent account in ancient literature hmm. all the other accounts have violence associated with them so here's an example the ancient babylonian goddess tiamat of the creation myths enuma elish relates how the storm god marduk fights with and wins over the sea dragon tiamat Mm. And that's just one example. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've not found any other nonviolent uh, creation stories. Interesting. Well, even in the story, when you were talking about how the plants were given as the food for the animals, I because of the way we know the world, I'm like, well, you know, then there's the food chain and then there's the big ones and they eat these ones and da 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 da. But literally, it was like, no, the leaves were given for the animals. And so even within his own creation, there's not an ounce of violence. Everybody is sustainably going to be able to live in this uh, creation that he made. Well, I dare you to share this information with your dear children. <laughs> Listen, my kids love green things. <laughs> well, it's time for them to get off the rabbit food. It's time to get off the rabbit food. We got to go to the trees here. We got to get those seeds and those berries or the, the fruit. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've done what I wanted to do with this podcast, um, making these points about the first creation account. And we'll we'll bounce off some of this information when we do chapter two. Excellent. Wonderful. Good. I There is lots of little aha moments in here. I really appreciated this. Thank well, you. It, yeah. I, you know, and this, this concluding mo point that you're making, I'm, I'm just reflecting on that, that we're on this journey of rediscovering a God that is nonviolent. Mm. And it just makes so much mm. sense that at the very beginning, the creation story, there is no violence. Uh, right. Whereas other creation stories, there's always an element of violence, but with this, there's no violence. That's great. Beautiful. Let's pray together. Dear God, 
We are in your presence. And you made us and enjoyed making us. You made us so that you could love us and serve us. Well, what a creator you are. We worship you. Amen. 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 You will find the PDF document that we're following today on our website, rediscoveringgod.ca, where the recordings, the PDFs, the podcasts are all listed there. You can share that website with your friends and they can follow along. We'd also really love to invite you to the Monday night Zoom discussion where we all gather in fellowship with each other, all us listeners of the podcast where we can come with our questions, comments, thoughts, um, resources. It's a wonderful time of encouragement where um, we get to affirm each other and encourage each other. Um, So that's a Monday nights at 7.30 Mountain Time. You can just type in 403-506-9201 and we'd love to have you there.